truth, make Jesus the way. Tell the truth on the podcast. Tell the truth, coming up fast. Hey, everybody, this is Sharon and Tell the Truth with True Life Music, and we are alive and well from Millbank, South Dakota. Yes, sunshine place. I think I need to backtrack a little and explain my huge admiration for the old Carnegie Library here in Melbourne. Outside of the fact that is just one awesome-looking edifice made of bricks and granite and the variety of books and information it contained was mind-boggling to me. See, I'll tell you, before I went to grade school in Melbourne, well, now they call it middle school or something, When I started first grade, it was in a very small, one room, in the country, not far from where we lived, so we could walk or ride our bikes. So, this very small, one-room school had no indoor bathrooms, no telephone, no computers, no running water, no kitchen or hot lunch cafeteria, or no air conditioning. But, oh, the joy of simplicity, it was amazing. But it did have a library which consisted of one small bookcase in the closet where you hung your coat. This one small bookcase held, I would say, approximately 30, 20 to 30 to 40 books max. That was our library. Well, nobody ever looked at the books because it was dark in there in the closet with no light on, so you couldn't see the books anyway. So when I started going to Central School in Millbank, and my grandpa's house was just across the alley from a huge, amazing building called a library, of course, I had to go and see what that was all about. Actually, at first it was scary because I thought I might get lost in there. There was so many aisles and so many bookshelves and they went from floor to ceiling. How on earth do you know which book to look at first? And you had to be very quiet. That was no problem for me because I was so awestruck by all the books and all I could do was stand there speechless, gazing at the thousands and thousands of books. Where did they all come from? How do you keep track of them all? So maybe that helps you understand my fascination for libraries and books. Like I said earlier, the kids' books were in the basement, and that became my favorite place to lose myself in the mystery section. Usually there was hardly anybody down there, and I couldn't for the life of me understand why it wasn't packed with kids all wanting to check out books. So when I came upstairs balancing a huge stack to check out, the librarian lady would say, quite skeptically, Now, my dear, are you going to read all those books in two weeks? I was always hoping she wouldn't make me put some back. Obviously, she just didn't have a clue about this newfound heaven of mine called a library. Reading is so valuable to young minds and reading the right things, I might add. So that is why, when my Sunday school teacher gave me the living letters for Christmas, I knew it was the best thing to read because it was all true. And the Bible has so many stories, I can spend the rest of my life trying to figure them all out. For instance, in the New Testament, 
Jesus tells story after story, and he did it in a way to make the listeners stop and think. Lots of times his stories were like puzzles or brain teasers, so in order to understand you had to do some serious thinking. And sometimes the listeners had to ask him to explain his story. These stories are called parables, or a story that teaches a valuable truth. They're not just made-up stuff to entertain you or waste your time. These parables were the great way that Jesus taught people so they would always remember the lesson. And, of course, he always used everyday language and talked about things people could relate to, like trees or fields or fish or what happens when you lose something. So these were not some deep, theological, pontifical sermon that lulled you to sleep with words you couldn't understand. No, these were stories for everyone, from little babies all the way up to grandparents. The Book of Truth says that people came by the thousands from miles around just to hear Jesus tell stories. That sounds like a great job to me. Hmm... Maybe if I practice my storytelling, people would come from miles around and maybe they could learn valuable life lessons by listening to me talk about the parables and maybe that would inspire other people to learn the stories and keep passing it on. Jesus was the greatest teacher who ever lived. And ever since, for generations, we are still reading his stories and learning from them. One of my favorite ones is about the mustard seed. I love seeds, and I love to plant things, and the Bible says that the mustard seed was the smallest seed at the time. Have you ever seen a mustard seed? Have you ever made pickles with all your South Dakota cucumbers? Hey, we could have a cucumber fest. Oh, wait a minute. That was supposed to be the rhubarb festival. Oh, Well, lots of times when you're making pickles, you need mustard seeds. That gives the pickles a very special tangy flavor. Jesus said that when a man plants a mustard seed in the garden, it grows quickly and becomes a big tree. In fact, big enough for the birds to come and sit in it. With a tree that big, think of all the seeds it would produce and think of all the pickles you could make with all those seeds. Well, the point is, that even when something starts out very small, it can grow to have a big influence. That one seed planted grew to be the largest of all the garden plants. So what Jesus was saying is that there is power in that one little seed. We can't see the power, and it doesn't look like much, but just you wait and see. Just because something is small, don't think it's unimportant or insignificant. The followers of Jesus started out as just a few fishermen, not really very important guys. But as the word spread and grew, many, many people became followers of Jesus, and it's still growing. And by the way, if anyone thought those fishermen and their buddies weren't important, isn't it interesting that ever since, people have been naming their kids Peter, Andrew, James, John. Hmm, I wonder why. They even name big churches after those fishermen like St. Peter's Cathedral or the Church of St. Andrew. 
Those fishermen guys had no idea the powerful influence they would have on the whole world. What started out as a very small group became a huge following of Jesus. Millions of people and growing as we speak. All that you can learn in just two verses in Matthew chapter 13, verse 31 and 32. Then Jesus, to really get the point across, talks about yeast. Oh, yeast. <laughs> a fascinating substance. I love yeast. Glorious yeast. Just a little bit can make a huge batch of cinnamon rolls or hamburger buns or pizza crust or anything with just the right conditions, some warm water, maybe some honey. That yeast will bubble over the top of the bowl and you're in business. Once when I was experimenting in the kitchen, I decided to make sourdough bread. And that's because my younger sister got the whole relation excited about sourdough. She lived in Alaska at the time, so of course, that was the only place to have real sourdough. Well, it can't be that hard. I can do this, said I to myself. Hmm, good and tangy, just right, fresh sourdough. First, you have to make the starter, which is what makes the bread rise and gives a nice tangy flavor. I found some instructions on how to make the starter. Basically, just water and flour, maybe some sugar, and I thought I would help the process along a little bit, so I added just a small half teaspoon of yeast. Then you mix this all up and you put it in a large container with a loose lid, like a big gallon-sized pickle jar. Then you find a nice warm place to put the jar so that the warmness will gradually start to ferment your concoction. And after two or three days, it will start to bubble and then you'll know that the starter is ready to make bread. Now, a gas oven is a nice place to put your jar of starter because it's just a little bit warm all the time. But since I didn't have a gas oven, the only place I could think of to put my jar was on top of the water heater. It was always nice and warm, and the water heater happened to be in a closet in the bedroom. A perfect place, so no one would accidentally come along and throw it out or knock it over. So, as my jar is nicely perched on top of the water heater, the closet door is closed, and I promptly forgot about it. Meanwhile, my wonderful starter is bubbling and bubbling and bubbling. Uh, about two weeks later, one day I noticed an, an unusual smell coming from the bedroom closet. Uh, it smelled kind of good, like bread baking? Oh, no! Yikes! My sourdough starter! It bubbled right out of the jar and ran down the sides of the water heater and baked onto the sides and all the pipes where it was nice and warm and uh, the bedroom smelled like a bakery. Do you know how sticky and gooey bread dough is? When it dries, it's like dried up super glue. It's worse than dried up Play-Doh. It's like cement. Well, it did smell really good in the house for a while, and my experimental starter did turn out pretty good. And I learned that a teensy, tiny, tiny amount of yeast can work wonders if left unattended. It will spread everywhere. 
Jesus said that just a small amount of yeast will work its way throughout all of the dough and it will make a huge batch. He was right about that. By using the illustration of the yeast, Jesus explained that the influence and growth and power of his kingdom is just like that, spreading throughout the whole world. And the interesting thing is that once the yeast has spread throughout all the bread dough, there is no way you can remove the yeast or get it out of the dough. That's impossible. Just like the influence of Jesus' kingdom, it has spread throughout the whole world, and there's no way it's ever going to be removed. That's impossible. And let me say also, sometimes Jesus used the illustration of yeast to explain just the opposite. The force of evil is always working to spread throughout the world also, so we have to be really alert and watching that we don't let evil, sinful ideas and things into our life. No sleeping on the job. A little evil can spread to a big evil, and a little sin can become an out-of-control, disastrous sin. I love the parables and the way Jesus told stories. It gives me a lot to think about. The power of his kingdom is forever. It will never fade away or be lost somewhere in history. And I think he's watching to see if we're reading his parables and to see if we're learning anything. We do have lots of things to learn and his stories are every bit as interesting and powerful as when he first told them. Jesus is always the same. He never changes. And neither do the truths in his parables. He is the way to all truth. Paul wrote a song called Jesus Always. I like this because it is Jesus Always. Hey, what about maracas? Snap your fingers, right? Is that tambourine anyway? Clap your hands and give him praise. Worship him every day. Jesus is the way. Jesus always. Clap your hands and give him praise. Worship him every day. Jesus is the way. Jesus always. His Jesus is the way Jesus
many of the parables have you read? Or how many can you remember? Maybe write a list of all the ones you can think of, and we'll talk about some more of them next time. I'm so glad the parables of Jesus are all written down for us to study and learn from. I'm so thankful for the Book of Truth. I would be lost without it. Now here's a song I wrote called, I Want to Thank You. I want to thank you for your joy. I want to thank you for your love that nothing can destroy. I want to praise you with my life. I want to praise you with my song. And I will love you, my sweet Lord, and praise you all day long. I want to thank I want to thank you for the blessings you always send my way. I want to share your love divine. I want to spread it all around. And I will love you, my sweet Lord, and praise you all day long. I want to thank you for your peace. I want to thank Join me next time for some more parables from the Book of Truth. And remember, always tell the truth. Thank you for listening to Tell the Truth Podcast with Sharon and True Life Music. Recorded in the Hawaii Milbank Podcast Studio in Milbank, South Dakota. You can contact us at SharonTrueLife at gmail.com or online at whymilbank.com slash tell the truth.